This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson and with me as usual are Jim Spence and Ian Roach. Ian, we'll start with you first. Dundee United got the win we were looking for. And I love the quote. I love the quote from Mickey Mill. He's, 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 he comes out with some good one-liners, actually. Yeah, he's good to his quote, chap. The man who pays the bills. There we go. That just about <laughs> sums it up, isn't it? Lawrence Shankland. He's he's back, and he's what a cracking goal. He called him uh, Scotland's number nine as well, and it was singular. Oh, did he? You know, I not, missed that yeah, one. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's not one of Scotland's strikers. He is the number nine. So that was interesting. He's the um, number nine. Okay. <laughs> Well, he's his club manager, he's got to say that, hasn't he? They're quite right to... Um, no, listen, um, Shankland, as he has done on numerous occasions, came up with the goods when United were struggling a bit. I think I think that's a key point. The first half hour or so was uh, not vintage, it has to be said. Quite a poor performance, kept giving the ball away. And then you just pluck this uh, magical moment out of thin air. Fabulous strike. I mean, I think, uh, I don't know what Jim thinks, but... I went over a lot of his goals uh, the other day, and I, I think it's the best he scored, certainly for United. Um, so Jim goes over them every night before he goes <laughs> to sleep. <Ian. laughs> yeah, well, and we get paid for this stuff too, you know, watching videos of goals. Um, yeah, so no, listen, it was a, it was a, it was fabulous, and uh, United then went on in the second half without a doubt, without a doubt, to be by far the better team and deserved winners. As Jim Goodwin, I've mentioned before, he's honest in his appraisals. Well, he, he, there was no doubt again this time United deserved to win. So it was a, it was a, it was a deserved victory. But just at that point when they needed him, yeah. Shanklin came up with the goods. And also, uh, I, I think that uh, he, he'd hardly touched the ball up until that point. But he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. You know, if he can, if he can produce a finish like that when they need it. That's that's the as you say the man that that pays the wages. I mean, we're not yeah, we'll we'll not make it one of those podcasts about what it what it means, you know, as far as scouts and all that sort of stuff. You mm. know, it's that is what it that is what it is, and nothing's nothing's nothing continues to happen on that front. But I mean, we we did I think rightly say that even though Shanklin hadn't had many minutes, was doing nothing really wrong. It still it was in in an unfair way. The pressure still builds on him, doesn't it? Because he because he had that zero against his name, and people people just look at that despite the despite the fact that he's he's not really played much football. So yeah, it's uh, it brings that brings its own pressure. But there you go, he he cometh the hour, cometh the man. Well, to, to concur with my learned friend, Mister Roach, uh, it was a spectacular <laughs> goal. I mean, it was a striker's goal par excellence. Um, you know, if, if, if you look at it again, and I've looked at it several times. In fact, I'm thinking of framing it as a still. You know, um, he. <laughs> I mean, the ball's slightly behind him. It's at an awkward height. He's got to kind of adjust his positional stance um, to you know, not not only to get to the ball, but to hook it and to hook it with sufficient power. But at the same time, not too much power that, that, that you know that flies over the bar or flies wide of the post, uh, so that it just nestles beautifully in the in the top corner and leaves the keeper keeper looking stranded. There are very very few players in Scotland, I think, who could have scored that goal. Um, oh, I tell it, you it, what, it remind, it remind me of a Mark Hughes goal. Yeah, well, well, there you are. I mean, it really was one of the hardest, one of the hardest shots, tricks you might call it, to pull off in football. That kind of half, um, not a scissors volley as such, but that half volley yeah. from an awkward turning position at a difficult height to, you know, to judge it so precisely with just sufficient pace, just sufficient curl to beat the keeper. It really was a, a thing of beauty. And uh, you know, I mean, you're right. We're not touching on you know whether anyone's in for him or any of the rest of that. But how important was it psychologically? Well, for, for two things. One, it was psychologically important for, for United to get back because they had to. That was a must win mm-hmm. on Saturday, I think. It was part of, part of a few must wins, actually. It was a must mm-hmm. win. Yeah. But it was really important for, for Shankland as well because he's been coming back after a, one of these really awkward, niggly injuries that, that players never quite know if it's going to clear up or come back again or not. Um and that's got an that's got an effect on your 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 kind of sharpness, not your fitness, your just your your absolute sharpness, you know. So to see him score a goal as cute as that, and and, and with the intelligence, uh, you know, uh, that, that you know we talk all the time about improvisation, but but great players, great strikers improvise all the time. That's what they do. They do the things that lesser players cannot do, and that's what Shankland did with that goal. It was just it was a thing of beauty. It's one of these goals you will watch and watch and watch again, and you will. never 
never tire of the joy of its magnificence. Oh, there we go. And that, thank you for listening. There we are. There, no, it's the <laughs> podcast. Oh, no. yeah, I mean, how did he play? I mean, that's what he's there for. You know, we're not. I'm not, and certainly not going to. This isn't a criticism. How was his overall game, Ian? Well, he was, as I say, he was quiet to, up until that point, and then. But his link-up play, I, I think, you know, if, if you watch United regularly, uh, as as you know, as I do, um, that's the thing that strikes you about Shankland. He is good at linking the play. He comes, mm-hmm. he comes back into the midfield, plays other others in and creates space, and he was doing it again. He had an overall game. He then kicked on in a good game. Uh, uh, he was close on a couple of occasions as well. Uh, he played the full 90? Half. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's a great sign as well, because uh-huh. this injury, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, would, would, would be... I, th- I think we'll have to mention that with this being 2020, there were conspiracy theories about his injury. Oh, is he really injured? Some fans saying, oh, well, we're not getting the truth and all that. He came out and said, look, it just inflamed all the time, but now I'm over it. Mm-hmm. And he played as if he was uh, as if he was clear of the, the injury, without a doubt. He, he took a couple of whacks, as you would expect, from an opposition team, but he, he just brushed them off. And Shanklin's good at that. You know, he, he, he is strong. He's strong in possession. He's back to goal, and uh, no, it was a, it was a, it was great to see him back. And obviously, the the goal was was pretty special. He, he was involved as well, of course, in the United's second goal. He had the shot that then came back. So contributions there all the time, right to right through the match. How did he link with Clark, Ian? Okay, yeah, I mean, what you get with Clark? Clark actually uh, struck the post. That would have been a that would have been a, a nice good good goal as well. It came back out mm. again. It's one of those that's, that's supposed to. So think. was Clark dropping deeper? Was he? Was he your sort of number ten? Was it like a like like last season type scenario? Aye, I mean you, you couldn't say it was a two. You know he was behind Shanklin, but it worked. Uh, it worked fine, and there was also the support as uh, we'll probably mention Logan Logan Chalmers later on. We will. But also Andreas Sporl as well. So and he got the goal. So 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 from you know from that area forward, United were in good shape. Yeah, and it's it's basically he's he's decided the game, Jim, isn't he? Because you know uh, a game that was fifty fifty, possibly even to edging towards St Mern. Mm-hmm. There's there's that's exactly why uh, Mickey Mellon said he's the man who pays the bills. He's he's decided that game, hasn't he? Well, he, he is, and, and United are really fortunate to have him, um, Eric. And uh, you know his, his presence has been badly missed. I mean, I'm not sure even you know with him in top form if if, if anything would have been gained against you know. The likes of Rangers the other week. I mean, or possibly I even Celtic. He, the, 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 one, Celtic. Yeah. The, the one shot he had, he, he looked, he looked almost dispirited. But who, who wouldn't at that stage in the game, you know? Um, but you know, against the St. Mirrens um, uh, of this world, where it's always going to be tight, you know. I mean, it's you know, you, you're unlikely. I mean, the result of United and Kilmarnock, that's why it took us all by such a surprise. You seldom mm-hmm. expect to see clubs who are relatively even match getting thumped 4-0. Getting you know? a doing. Uh, yeah. Getting a doing, you know. I mean, it's usually separated by a goal, maybe two goals most, you know. Um, so you need that. We you, you need guile. You need a craftsman. And I think, you know what, that's what strikes me. The more I watched Shanklin last season and that goal uh, at the weekend, he's developing into a real craftsman. He knows his art. He knows his trade really, really well. Um, and I think, and he does. I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not a great fan actually of strikers having to kind of shovel back and help it in the midfield and lay it off and then, you know, turn and, 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 and burl away and make up 20 yards to get a, you know, get a return part. I'm, I'm not keen on that. I, I like the idea of an out-and-out kind of number nine, you know, a, a, a proper striker who gets the ball fed to him, you know. I'm a bit of traditionalist that way. They're and a dying breed, though. A they, dying, you're, oh God, they're dying. You can't get them for so, so are you, but yeah. Uh, well, I, well, indeed. Well, it's, it's, well, I have to say, I had an extra last week was told I've got at least another 25 years, you know, so <laughs> Courier, might want to, Courier might want to think about punting me and now save themselves some money, you know. <laughs> um, no, so, um, you know, but, but Shanklin does, he's mastered, his, he's mastered his craft. And I thought, you know, I mean, with it, I mean, I'm sure you want to ask questions, but to, just to touch on it, um, I think um, Ian mentioned it. I, mean, I, th- I think, the, uh, particularly in the second half, it was a, a sluggish first half. Um, and St. Martin, of course, had plenty to play for, given what's happened to them in recent times. And they're not a bad side, you know. Um, but I thought some of the some of the link-up play generally from United in the second half, some of the, the running off the ball, some of the neat one-touch stuff, some of the gent, you know, the accuracy of the passing, I thought really a guard well for the next couple of games, which are really which are difficult ones against sides um, at the bottom and from which they must take something. So I thought it was a heartening performance uh, on Saturday, and as Mickey Mellon said. 
he's the man that pays the bills, and he certainly paid the bill. Um, uh, you know, well, helped pay the bill at the weekend. Obviously, Sporla had, uh, you know, put the icing on the cake. But um, Shankland on forum is worth his weight in gold. The uh, watching, seeing the the sort of updates coming in while I was covering the St Johnson game, and he's obviously, you know, you get pegged back to two one. When they're when they're eleven v ten, was it a nervy finish, or did they did they have it under control in those sort of last ten minutes? No, I, th- I think I think um, well uh, when the when the goal went in and it, uh, it was a it was a blunder from uh, the captain uh, Mark Reynolds who should have cleared uh, and the Connolly nips in and, and scores for St Martin. Your mind flashed back to the uh, St Johnston game on the first yeah the the first day of the season and you're thinking oh, is it going to happen again? They're going to get pegged back to a draw, but to be to be honest, no, I think I think United still had chances after that. Um, it could have easily been three uh, one, uh, so it, w- it wasn't it wasn't as bad as you know as as it could have been. But uh, why like the opposition? Why why give the the opposition a boost like that? Yeah. Um, at that time, uh, it was a it was a bad mistake, and they need to cut that out. But uh, what, what I will say is Reynolds Reynolds will know more than anybody else that he, he should have booted it right into the shed. Is this going to be an area of the team, Jim? I'm talking centre backs now. Which is probably never going to be a, a real area of strength for United as long as this season goes. Well, because we've I, seen different combinations and we've seen different yeah. guys making the mistakes, haven't we? Well, it was it was Edward Reynolds, wasn't it? It's the centre. Edward Reynolds at the weekend, and obviously weekend. Connolly's had his had his yeah. had his issues. I mean, I. I, I, I I think the, the the worry for me is that there's a couple of bad defensive laps from <clears throat> from experienced players so far this season. Um, I mean, I like Reynolds. I've always been a fan of, of, of Reynolds. He's not as quick as he was. Uh, uh, who, who is, you know? Um, <clears throat> I don't think that that's necessarily the, you know, a, a fatal flaw in anybody's uh, game, depending on the, the game intelligence that you have and how to, how to make it. Willie, Willie Miller was the classic example of that over the years. Willie was as slow as porridge um, in the microwave, you know, um, but he, he read the game magnificently. Uh, I, I, I can't for the life of me think that Mickey Mellon is saying to his back line, you know, play it out from up in the back. If you're under pressure, you want to be like Franco Baresi. I mean, you know, I can only assume the instruction, if given at all, you know, either covertly or not, is just get it out of the park. So I don't really know what he was thinking about when he was chasing it back because, you know, initially the ball was his and all he had to do was either put it into George Fox or put it behind in the shed. Uh, and the danger is clear because the worrying thing was that goal was what well, was just after the hour mark, Ian, wasn't it? Um, that St. Mirren scored. You know, I mean, there's still a lot of danger mm-hmm. can be done at, at, at that stage in the game. So I think, you know, I, I, I think if there's one thing to be hammered home to the central defence, the defence generally, but certainly the central defenders has cleared the ball. Clear the lines. It's the oldest. It's the oldest trick in the book. You know, don't be passing back to. If you do, everyone knows you. I mean, you know from from coaching at under ten level. If you're going to pass back your keeper, make sure it's past the post. It's going the outside of the post, not across the goal. Um, enough in doubt. I mean, I, I used the analogy the other week. Dundee United's arguably finest player ever. One of the finest players this country ever produced, David Neri. Big Sash would have just put that ball into the George Fox. He would have just cleared the danger, and, and that's what should have been done. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ian uh, Mellon described it as, uh, at times, unbelievable football. He, he was the description he used for the, the stuff that United were playing. Which takes us on to young Logan Chalmers. By all accounts, he was yeah. he was right at the heart of pretty much most of the stuff that was, well, unbelievable. Aye, I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> I'll let the manager <laughs> say that. I mean, it was good, you know, fast, pacey. Uh, there was a variation to the attacks as well, which was which was good. But um, Mellon, I think, deserves credit for for a, a, a switch there because he moved Chalmers across to the right hand side, and he was and cutting he, he in didn't all the start time. against Rangers either, did he? Mm-hmm. No, and uh, so he was cutting in. He was cutting in from the you know onto his left all the time. And um, you, you were thinking, first couple of times the defender got done, you think, well, oh, he'll, he'll obviously get wise to that. But I think it was so quick and and, and uh, Chalmers was so um, enthusiastic almost and, cut and yeah. going at his man. That, was he that taking he, him on the inside most, more often than yeah, not? Yeah, more often yeah. than not. But um, of course, he sent over the uh, the corner from the with his left foot um, for the, that led to Shanklin's wonder strike. So... 
he, he just had a great game. He, he, he sent he sent a shots. He had shots blocked himself. Sent one past the post. It was a shame um, that he never he never got a goal. But it, it was noticeable um, after the game that uh, Mellon was he, you know he, he, he sprung to life when he was asked about about Chalmers. It was uh, almost like a kind of you know. <clears throat> he was his agent the way he was talking about him. Uh, one of the best. Tell me a a young, a better young uh, performance from a young Scottish player, and that'll mean I've got two in my team or something along those lines. So he he, he was he was very uh, keen to uh, chat up, to talk him up, and quite rightly too because it was he was, a, spo- it was, he was spoiling you after the game, wasn't he, with these quotes? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think <laughs> I'm starting to think he's the new Ivan Golak. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's unfair, I think, on Mickey, because this kind of makes sense half the time, anyway, at least. Um, no, um, no, I think I think Mickey Mellon thinks about what he's going to say, and, and when he was, he, he'd imagine that he would have been asked by, about Chalmers, and he's come in with that. So, uh, quite right, too. You know, he's his manager, and he's wanting to talk up a young player who had a fine game. Um, and also, Chalmers, uh, Chalmers did press after the game, and he's so... You know, confident and and uh, talking about how 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 he how he did this and that and of course he I think the biggest compliment to him came from uh, Richard Tate who just got fed up with uh, Chalmers <laughs> standing with the ball at his feet um, thinking I'm not even going to bother trying to get off him and just battered into him with this ridiculous oh, it's, it's a nice wee throwback that isn't it it's just a footlet's had enough just wellies <laughs> that's, him that's, that's like that was like the, the juniors or even you know the, the, the school games where he's just <laughs> fed up with somebody yeah. and then you just slide in and he just walked off you know but uh, yeah I think that was a huge the best the best boy in the playground basically Aye. gets, gets sent uh, uh, into the Tate had it in his head. He's like, oh, I can't even be bothered anymore. You know, I just don't even want to try and get it off him because he's going to sidestep me. So I'll just go right through him. Well, Jim, come on. You've, you've got to help us out here. We like your wee analogies. I've, I haven't watched a fair bit of Chalmers now and, and seen the type of type of player he is. Give us a give us a wee comparison. Give us a wee analogy. Who's 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 he reminding you of? I I, I, I would, I, as the judges say, I would make Avizandam on that because every time I see him, I see a different element to his play. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I like his physique. I like uh, I like his, his, his strength of running. I like what he does with the ball, the delivery. Um, I, I think there are so many different elements to him. It's very hard to pin him down in terms of just exactly who. He, he he resembles at the moment, um, Eric. I think you know, just as we're talking about Shanklin becoming a craftsman, I think we're watching a young player here who's just starting to emerge. You know, kind of like a cocoon. He's just starting to emerge, and you're starting to see all the different elements to his game. And each game, he grows and grows. That's why I'm glad to hear Mellon um, bigging him up, so to speak, because you know, as a manager, you're you're part manager, you're part coach, you're part you know, amateur psychologist, you know, you're trying to build players and build teams all the time. And and I, I like what Mel's doing with the young boys. I mean, I know sometimes it can be a risk with young guys and all that, but I like the idea of young boys, particularly boys that have come through the academy and all the rest of it, coming in and, and stamping their mark on the team. So I think what you're seeing with Chalmers is you different elements all the time and that ability to, you know, to be switched and still to, you know, contribute heavily to the game. I actually thought, I'm trying to remember, I thought it was him that maybe swung the ball over for the second goal that caused the havoc uh, that led to the um, the second goal. Maybe it wasn't. I, I'll have to go back and, and, and you know refresh my memory and look at that again. But I think you know you're seeing different elements all the time. So strong running, good with the ball at his feet. Um, you know, pacey, good physique. There's a whole package in there. So it's very very difficult just to kind of look at him and say he reminds me of X Y Z. But I'm, I'm you, sure you've let me down. Coming. I thought well, I thought you were going to give me Ralph no. Milne or something. No, he's. I mean, no, he, he, he's not a Ralph Milne. That would that would be. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that that you know the Ralph Milnes of this world will come through once and. Uh, once in a decade, I think you know. I, I, actually, at a club like United, they come through once every maybe twenty-five years, you know. So he's not a Ralph Mill. He's not a Ralph Millen yet, you know. Um, and uh, to be honest with you, I mean, although he's quick, if he's ever got the pace of Ralph Millen, then um, Usain Bolt. Well, I know Usain's retired now, but you know, you, the hundred meters guys would be watching out, you know, because Ralph won, once ran, I think it was ten point two for a hundred yards in a pair of sand shoes, you know. So <laughs> if Chalmers <laughs> ever gets close to emulating that kind of stuff, you know, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be flying off there. England for about 50 million quid. <laughs> I mean, it is, a, it is a great story, and because I, I know it's early days and all the rest of it, but this is a guy who, I mean, it's not, you were not blaming Dick Campbell here, but he was, in, he was at Arbroath and couldn't get a game, mm. you know, on loan at the end of, end of last season. 
Yeah, funnily enough, he did. He did mention that. And I, I, oh, I, mean, I did it he have a wee dig. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, he just says it never worked out, you know. He won a one appearance, didn't he? I think he made one appearance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Summer, I think I think um, when he when he said that you know I'm thinking well that contrasts quite starkly with uh, Louis Perry last season you know he, he mm-hmm. was all about going on loan and coming back and um, and 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 uh, going going out you know being farmed out and coming back and, and and starting again so the thing about the thing about Chalmers is he's been he's been around for quite a while I mean I, I think his debut for United was like three years ago or something so I know um, he's still he's still a young lad but. Uh, He's, he seems so fresh on the scene now, but he's been around for a while, so he knows the club and, and he knows what's expected uh, uh, this season. So it's uh, it's looking great for him, and, and he's he's like like most young players, you know, they're they're composed and they, when they're when they're talking, you're thinking, you know, you know, he's he knows what he's talking about. He's mm-hmm. he's not bragging or anything like that. Just just confidence, just just, just self confidence, which is good to hear. It's funny because I, the guy, you know, obviously there were two two sort of young local talents from our part of the world that were abroad that got loaned to Arbroath. Craig Whiten was the one that got the game time, mm-hmm. and Logan Chalmers didn't, you know. But if you look at them now, Craig Whiten's going to be in the championship probably. With uh, mm-hmm. we don't know yet whether he's going to be starting for Hearts and look at look at Logan Chalmers. It can be yeah. It can be it can be a funny a funny game as they say, can't it? He is also one of them. I mean, I think he came through the the SFA Performance Academy at St John's, yeah, doesn't he? The Johnnies, as we yeah. call it in Dundee. Yeah. Um, uh, so I mean, there's quite a few players now who've started to emerge from these academies. I mean, I was doing you know at the risk of mentioning a, another podcast, chaps. I was doing the Graham Spears one the other week, and yeah, and, and, and yeah, who did, they, did they pay you for that we, one? We, 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 rather handsomely, actually. <laughs> but, um, we, we we were uh, we were talking generally about this, you know, about whether or not. Um, when we might see great Scottish teams again. And I'm, you know, I, I think it'll be a long, long time. I think, you know, a couple of guys on it thought thought that. Um, one thought maybe the next, a big Gordy World, uh, ex-Sunday Mail thought the next four to six years because of what was going on at youth academies. And we've now got another one. United has set their own academy up, of course, at um, a, Baldragon. what used to be old Curtin High, my wife's old school, Baldragon. Um, you know, so, which is great. You know, and I, 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 like, I, I like the whole idea of it, but sometimes I think, are, are we seeing enough? But when I see boys coming through, from the likes of the academies like Logan Chalmers that it, it heartens me greatly because we do need something you know not, and, and not just being selfish from a United perspective we need players to come through and actually start to make an impact on, on, on the Scottish team as well you know so it's good to see the academy actually producing but he's only 20 I mean he's only 20 the laddie I mean he's kind of what he's well, I'm not sure how is he in but 5'9'5'10'ish I mean so he's, he's not huge but he's, he's, he's certainly taller than me but that's yeah well he's well, not hard to be taller than you and me let's be honest you know but I mean he, he, I think he's got a good physique about him he'll look he looks an athlete. He looks a real athlete, and he's quick and all the rest of it. So, um, as, as you say, um, Eric, it, it's it, you know maybe just the wrong type of uh, player for for Dick when he was down there on loan with only only the one appearance, you know. But he's certainly now. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying he's flourishing because it's very early days yet. But the signs are the signs are there that there's a football player there and handled carefully and 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 coached properly and built up as well. And that's why it's good to see a manager building a young guy up. You know, I mean, they sometimes come across as brash and and, and you know mm-hmm. full of kind of vigor and, and all the rest of it. But they're only young men, and and they need you know that, that's why I think ultimately Mickey Mellon is a manager, and it applies to any manager. You're a teacher. That's what you are. You are a teacher. You're there to teach young men uh, about what's right and what's wrong, both in a football sense and a, a, you know, and an off the field sense, and all the rest of it. And that can be a slow process. Some some players, it's a quick process, but ultimately, mainly, you're there to teach them about football. And and so far, I'm liking what I'm seeing. And I think uh, the thing is, as well, Jim, he wouldn't be uh, he wouldn't be giving them the big hype and the big, uh, you know. One of Scotland's great talent talk. If no, he didn't it, think it, he was it, able to cope with it, uh, you know, he must he must judge the personality and think, no, this this will take him on another level rather than make him you know, start to, oh, what was he just said about me? Do I need to live up to this? Uh, absolutely. That, 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 that's actually spot on, Eric. I mean, you know, you, you, you can, you, it's great to build players up and it's great to fill them with confidence and all the rest of it. But there has to be meat on the bones. There's no mm-hmm. point in doing it with a guy that's got two left feet, you know, that, 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 that kind of runs like kind of, you know, his feet are stuck in quicksand. I mean, you know, you, you, cannot, you cannot build up what is not there and, and it's something that you don't see anything in. So obviously Mickey Mellon 
sees great potential in young Logan Chambers and, and is building him up. He's, you know, this is not a case of an empty vessel making most noise. Mickey Mellon obviously sees great things. He's seen the laddie day in, day out in training. He's he's listened to him in the dressing room and all the rest. He knows what he's got there. He knows he's got a terrific prospect. And at this moment, he's only a prospect because he is a young man. But so far, I have to say what I've seen. Uh, I, I do like what uh, I do like what I see. But then, you know, I was you know, I really loved watching young Aperi. Uh, last season, and he looks to be kind of slightly out the plans. Now, that may, be for a, that may be for a combination of reasons, you know, but for the moment, talking about Logan Chalmers specifically, um, he looks as though he's coming on leaps and bounds. Well, I was going to say to you, Ian, if we, we, we didn't get, I didn't ask you this question in, in pre-season, but if I had, um, I'm guessing if I'd said to you, right, there's going to be two United's young players are going to make an impact at the start of the Premiership season, I'm guessing you would have probably said a Perry and possibly Glass. Yeah. But Spot the two on. that have have been uh, Chalmers and Nielsen. Is that would that be fair? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody other than if you're working at the club would have seen uh, would have said Nielsen. Um, he has come from kind of nowhere, well, not nowhere, but you know, unexpected, and it's great. It's 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 fabulous that he's 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 come on as he has. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, Chalmers. Chalmers, all credit to him, and he, and he really has been involved. You know, he hasn't started all the time, but he's had his fair amount of starts, mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. he's he's been involved in everything that's been you know happening in the games. So uh, he's come on, and he's made, when he's come off the bench, he, he he's got stuck right in. So it's uh, he's had an impact in games. So it's it's it, he's taken his chance. I think I think yeah, like like Jim. I mean, a, a Perry was you know great, and he scored wonder, wonderful goals last season. But uh, I think he's had he's had a chance, and maybe maybe it didn't work out for him. So others are now coming in. Unfortunately for him, and not for the United, I would suggest is we've got Shanklin back. Yeah. Uh, it's harder ever. I mean, if there's one position, you know, it's probably the well, two positions would be the goalie and Shanklin, doesn't it? I mean, they're, they're first two on the sheet, on the team sheet. So it's it's difficult to 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 muscle in there. Um, you'd be looking for one of the other just tucked in behind Shankland. Well, so it's it's going to be tough for him, uh, and it's it's a bit of a shame. It is because I mean these are the harsh realities, Jim. I mean I was listening to or watching rather uh, Jamie Carragher, and he, he said this a few times actually, but it was after the, the Liverpool Chelsea game, and I can't remember which which young player he was talking about. I think I think it was I think it was uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek, but mm. basically he was making the point now. That if you if just the way football's gone and the academies and all the rest of it and just if if you're a if you're a twenty year old player um, and you're not getting first team football or you know a regular approaching regular first team football you need to find another club because you're not you're not going to get it he's he's he thinks you're talking that young now that you know the days of you know a guy being twenty twenty one twenty two kind of breaking in and he, are, are gone that if 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 you're not getting regular first team football at the age of twenty, you should be thinking, I should be either going out on loan mm-hmm. or I should be getting a new club. Well, I mean, I, I think there's, there's a wee bit of a myth that, that you know that, that at one time players always waited until they're late. I mean, they, they, you know, the truly great players always broke through at a very, very, very early age. You know, I mean, the, you know, the, the, I mean, Dennis Law was playing. It was at Huddersfield at sixteen. You know, the, the Messi's and the, uh, and, and you know the, the players of that. I'm not suggesting that we were talking about potential messes here, but you know, I think you know by the age of twenty, if you think of the way that young players have developed now, I mean, okay, we've got the we've got the academies, whether it was the school academies, SFA academy uh, system, you know, and young players really by the age of twenty should be absolutely masters of their skills. You know, the, the ability to trap a ball, to control a ball in tight space, to, to give a ball, you know, to, to and, and then to start to understand the game tactically should almost be second nature. So really by that age, you, you should be the full package in terms of the skills package. And as you get older, obviously, you know, game experience and, and, and experience how to handle different situations and, and off-field stuff, all, the, all of that. And, you know, comes with maturity. But in terms of the actual, the package, the football package itself, at 20, you know, I mean, I, listen, I, I know, you, you know, my situation, I know young cops that at 20 were dealing with things that, that would have frightened the life out of people twice and three times their age. So, you know, it, it's not too much to expect a young man of 20 to step up to the plate. And I, I think Carahar may well be right on this. That if, you, if, if you're not cutting it at that age, maybe it is time, if you really want a career, 
to start looking elsewhere. And it may well be you've got to take a step backwards to come forward again. That comes down to belief in your own ability. Remember, too, Eric, the other thing is this. I'm not suggesting this at the moment of Mickey Mellon and any of the players on that team. Sometimes a manager just does not fancy you. He just doesn't like or, or appreciate uh, or think that what you bring to the squad, to the team, is what he is looking for. He might well think you're a decent football player, but you're not the type of football player that he wants in the team. Um, you've got the wrong type of attitude. And I, and I don't mean a bad attitude, you know, not necessarily that, but a lot of players don't want to kind of switch. They don't want to play a position or the rest of it. Those kind of things, you, you just don't know. There's a there's a hundred things go through a manager's mind, but ultimately, um, if by the age of 2021, 20, <clears throat> then you, you're not hitting it. I think you, you then get yourself in a situation where quite often, eventually, by 22, you're released at a club. and uh, You go elsewhere and your career then tends to stall or it goes into a, a succession of moves. And a lot of players never quite fulfil what appeared to be the great potential that they had. Thank you. And one of the, one of the, the good things about the young players in a, in a game like uh, United will have on Saturday, they're, they're away at Hamilton, are they not? These, yeah. the, they're used to the plastic pitches, aren't they? So it's, they don't have the same, they're, they're brought up on them, basically, from, from the age of five. You know, they, when they go to their first sort of soccer schools at their local club, it's just, that's, that's, that's what they play on more often than not. And it's, there's not the same sort of mumps and moans about, you know, aching limbs and the like that you get from 30 plus narrowed centre Halves and the rest of it. No, they take they, t- they take it in their stride. Uh, they really do. Although uh, United's last appearance on uh, a plastic pitch never went so well. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that was uh, that was down at Kilmarnock, obviously. So perhaps there's some trepidation there for for uh, the the team as a whole going to another plastic pitch. But that that, that result on Saturday should 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 settle mm-hmm. things down a bit. But you're right. You've got about fav- the, favourites on Saturday, Ian. I think, I think they should yeah, be. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I I thought they would be. I thought United would beat St Mirren on Saturday, probably narrowly, uh, as it turned out. And I, I do think I do think they've got enough to to beat Hamilton. I would I would say yes. And there's there's not been too many games where they've they've kind of been favourites this season, just because they're the team coming up, I suppose. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I do fancy them to go. And and if they can do that. If they can get these six points out of these two games, they're in. They're in decent nick indeed. Yeah, I mean it's just the nature of uh, early season that a couple of results totally changes yeah. Yeah. your league position and and the whole picture. You know, doesn't it for 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 good or bad until until we kind of get into the second the second uh, set of them. I think, Jim. But how how do you see this one? I I, I would never ever write Hamilton Aki's off against no, anybody, uh, Eric. They, they, they just they, they, there's a mentality about that club. Right through from directorial level to managerial level to player level, you know, irrespective of players that especially come and when go. they're coming off a bad result as they did, and the and the manager got stuck no, in. That, them, that's so, yeah. right. I mean, and, and and they seem to be a squad of pros that are, that are able to accept when you know when, when they get stuck, when they get the boot put in them by the manager or whatever. So I mean, I I genuinely they're a club that I've got. Um, I've actually got a lot of sympathy for them. I can remember the old Douglas Park when he played there. They moved. To the new Douglas Park hasn't worked in terms of crowds because they, and never did because you know they were always at the mercy. It was a, and Hamilton's a big, big, big area, you know, but it was, they were always at the mercy of a, a huge Celtic and Rangers support um, in that town. So they've never been a, a hugely well supported club, but they've just got a fighting spirit about them, you know. And I mean, in term, you know, in terms of the table, I mean, there's, you know, where are they? They're um, tenth, so they're sitting on. I think six points. They they win the game. They're only a point behind United, and they've got a game in hand. Remember, you know. So, I, I to me, I, I, I think we were talking that we were hoping maybe seven, you know, a nine would be brilliant for United at their next um, mm-hmm. the next games. And of course, it's Livingston after this one. But these are not easy games. Saturday's wasn't an easy game, you know, and and it'll certainly not be an easy game at Hamilton. The, the pitch is now here and there. I'm in Ian's camp. I mean, you know, you know. Most professional football players in Scotland have now had 15 years of playing on, on, on uh, call it what you will, plastic, you know, synthetic, call it what you will. I mean, United have got, you know, the the, the Gussie or the, the, the GA Arena, as, as, as it's known, where they can 
and train five days a week if they want. They don't, but they've got that. You know, now that's an artificial surface. So, you know, they can do a couple of days on that, be well in tune. Most players have come through playing it. I know a lot of guys still prefer grass. I think you would, obviously, but... Um, I, I don't think you can use that as an excuse, and I'm pretty sure United wouldn't, but it's it, it's a game quite simple that United will have to battle, have their, their game plan and all the rest of it, whatever Mickey Mellon you know, chooses, whichever way he chooses to set the side out. Man for man, I would imagine United, United should be as good as Hamilton, if not better, but you know, spirit, desire, hunger will all be absolutely at the top of the tree here when it comes to getting something out of this mix because Hamilton are just a side that you know, can pull out the most unexpected results against anyone. I forget the game. I'm just looking forward to the post-match quotes, Ian. You keep the questions coming to Mickey. Can I mention as well, just something that, that, that's been on my mind for a game like this, as I, I think uh, the, the no-fan scenario work, work against United in a fixture like this, mm-hmm. because normally you would be sitting with 1,500 or so United fans there outnumbering the home support quite quite comfortably, you know, no, noisy, um, getting right behind the team. They just won't be there. And uh, that that's when the, 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 the no fans works against, I think, teams with sizable away supports, which United, I would put United in that category. Um, in, the, in the Premiership, they're going to, they're going to away to play teams... That, that, that would be lesser supported, I suppose, and, and the away the support isn't there. It's, the magic isn't there for the the away team, and I think I think it'll, it doesn't help. It doesn't help travelling sides. Well, you uh, you can't cut and paste podcasts, unfortunately. The Saints who are who are going to a plastic pitch of their own, they're away at Livingston. It's kind of we're kind of going back to a, a recurring theme with uh, with their issues. It was another sort of. Uh, Another story of controlling the ball, but losing a goal and then struggling to struggling to break. Well, it's not struggling to break a team down, but certainly struggling to put the ball away. You know, they're, they're not lacking in balls into the box, crosses, all that sort of stuff. But it's just becoming clearer and clearer that the mix just isn't the mix just isn't right up up top. And that I think I'm certainly coming to the conclusion that he's going to need to bring one in just to give them a different type up front. I think. I could see so many of them playing better with a focal point striker, you know, and somebody that just who I mean, we're not talking Lawrence Shanklin, but you know, somebody that somebody that does his does his work in the box, knows the cute little runs, knows when to drop off rather than burst to the near post, knows when to drift to the back post. We're just not seeing that what's in Johnson just now. And it's I know that defend you know, your the mother will manager, Robinson and then and then uh Kettlewell at the weekend there, they were talking about how, how well their, their centre-halves dealt with it, but they were made to look good because all they need to do is defend their six-yard box, be in the right position, head it away time and time again. St. Johnson aren't asking enough questions of them with, I think Callum Davidson used the word, do you want to see more determination? It's just... It's just not quite the right mix there, Jim. No, it's it's not, um, Eric. I mean, I wrote my courier column at the weekend. On the face of it, Saints have... have they, 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 you know, on the face of it, they have... Not plenty, but they've a good few guys in there that, that look as though they can take a goal, you know. And yet, the fact, you know, facts are chills that when the thing is, as they say, eight games played, and they've they've scored four. Um, now, you know, you're looking at a side that have got May and and, and Henry and. Uh, you know, and off the bench, uh, Chris Kane uh, come off or O'Halloran or, mm-hmm. or whatever, and, and and they can't they can't score a goal. I mean, there was, I mean, on on Saturday, they they had plenty of possession and all the rest, but they scarcely created a chance. Of I think Tanzer went close very early on with, with one from from the wide, and, and he had the bar. Half, in the second he, half. he had the bar in the second half. But but the actual, the actual only direct shot and goal that I could remember was when Murray Davidson came on. And he it got was, a shot yeah, away, which ninetieth uh, minute. Yeah, yeah I, 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 and it was a good save. I mean, you know, keeper did well, although. I thought that probably Straight you know out. eight yards away he might he might have kind of picked the top corner. Um, however, that, that, but that was only shot and goal. Now, I, and I think there was a moment where a Haller and late on in the game trying to you know drift in from just on the edge of the box, trying to drift through, and he just ran into a wall of Ross County players. You know, it was almost like a sea of players came towards him, charged them down, and and the danger was gone. So they've got to find a way 
of, of either breaking down kind of packed defences like that. And it's very hard to play one-twos around those kind of defences. So you, your goals either have to come from someone who's got terrific shooting prowess from outside the box, you know, either with you know dead ball specialist or something like that, or can just really ping them from the 20-yard mark or something. Or... Um, you go for the, the the old style kind of the old style approach. You get as much ball in the box as possible, and you have a kind of fairly imposing figure who can meet the ball. You know, who can dive in there and and just rumble up the mix. You know, which is actually what Murray Davidson did when he came in, steamed mm-hmm. in, got the shot away, um, which was the only tester um, of of Ross County on the day. So uh, it may well be that. And I mean, I heard you know I heard Callum after the game saying you know it's difficult. You go and there was so much that he did right. But ultimately, at the end of the day, um, you're judged on on points and on goals scored and goals conceded. And at the moment, you know, they, they have scored four, they've conceded nine. And I mean, it's far too early to worry yet. But close, getting close to the stage where, you know, once you get to the, the first quarter of the season, you start to get a fair idea of how it's going to pan out, you know, um, whether you've made any additions, whether those additions are working, and then what additions you might be able to make in the January window when, you're, 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 when your options narrow dramatically, as we all know, because you're picking up cast-offs or somebody else's injury worries or, or whatever. So, you know, very, very quickly... Um, Saints need to find somebody that can put the ball in, into the net regularly. That's the, that's the, I think it's their one feeling so far. Their defensive record isn't isn't you know isn't dire by any manner of means. Yeah, they've, you know, they've lost their, the four the four games they've lost out of the last five have all been one nil. All nip and tuck, all nip and tuck. Yeah. But but the bottom line is they've lost. And, and, and that, that's, you know, games that you could argue, and this is always a subjective thing, that you could argue, and I would argue quite strongly in the Hibs and Aberdeen one, they should have taken something, but they didn't. Yeah. They didn't. And, 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 you know, and Saturday again was a case in point. You know, did they deserve to lose? Well, you know, how long is a piece of string? Um, the, the, the bottom line is unless you test the, the goalkeeper, unless you really test the opposition defence, you're going to end up in the situation they're in at the minute, which is basically sitting there, down there, two points between them and bottom club Livingston um, and, and you know in a position which I have to say I did not think they would be in because I still think they have a very good football playing squad I think they've got a lot of talent in the squad on the face of it they have goal threat but it's it's not it, it's not morphing into actual goals no indeed I dis- I described it in my my piece in Monday's paper Ian, as a sort of the second phase for St Johnson now because it's quite clear that this has become a mm-hmm. this has become a thing now you know it's not it's not passing no and it's now about how how do they change it? Do they do they change it by there's the one school of thought that you keep just keep doing what you're doing with the with the same sort of players, the law of averages, and you know just by doing things right, you know like the thing, decisions are going against them. Let's not let's not forget that as well. Callum to his credit isn't stressing mm-hmm. that he's he's should have had a penalty. He doesn't Definitely want to go have. down that road. But you know there's there's, there's two. And balls that are very similar to the one they lost in the first game of the season with Liam Craig. Yeah, there's, there's Keith Watson goes in and should have had a red card. There's a post. There's, there's the foul that Jim talked about. Was it a foul for the Ross County free kick? Jamie McCart being climbed on in the box. So th- there are all these things. So you could make a case for saying, like, if we keep doing what we're doing, things will naturally change. Or does it need a different player in there to change it? Yeah. You know, it's what, which which you're, which you're side would you come down on, Ian? You're absolutely spot on. What what you have is you have a, a manager and his coaching staff who hoped that their plan A would have worked. Yeah. But now they're now have to be dusting off plan B because that's what will be. It'll have to be a change of uh, tact, change of policy. They'll have to do something different from what they were they thought they would need to do just a few weeks ago. And uh, you're reluctant to do that because you think, oh, what if we what if we then change our our, our strategy and and uh, Other things start going wrong. Patient. Yeah, yeah. Maybe if we'd just been a bit more patient, it would have come right in the end. But I think, I think you're in the danger zone now, aren't you? You have to do. I think they have to do something. I agree with you. Um, it looks like there has to be a, a recruitment of a big uh, physical striker who is uh, good in the air and uh, can can knock defences about. Because what what you get when you're 
I mean, it's, it's it's obvious, but football's is an obvious, simple game. What you get when it's not going in at the, the, the one end is that the defence is going into every game going, well, if we yeah, make yeah. a mistake, if we let a free kick uh, uh, like like happened on, on Saturday to it go could right be game through, over. then yeah. that's it, it's game over because we're not scoring at the other end. So it's it's, it's difficult. I, I think they need to act. Do you know what? I don't, I don't think, Jim, I don't, I, I, listen, again, can be mm. made to look like a fool, but I'm not expecting somebody before the Livingston game. I wouldn't be... You know, I would maybe be thinking of, because they've had these 4 one nils, and because they're away from home, and because teams, this is probably the key bit, because teams are now coming up with a game plan against St. Johnston's, basically, you have the ball and, you know, do your thing and we will just be defensive against you and then at the time when we want to get a set piece or whatnot, you know, we might have a bit of brilliance mm-hmm. and get the goal and then it's easy enough for us to hold on to it. Why don't, just, I know it's, I know it's not what, it's not the type of football Calum Davidson wants to be renowned for. But why not go to Livingston and say, right, okay, you have the ball. You're the home team. Mm-hmm. We'll just, if I, and he says, to his, if he says to his team at five to three, right, okay, if it's nil-nil, I don't care. We'll take that and we'll move on. For this one instance, let's see what they're like and then we could maybe play a wee bit on the counter, you know, and say, put the onus on them. Well, I mean, it's, football is a game of horses for courses. <clears throat> like, I think sometimes, you know, I mean, you think back to the glory days of Dundee United, very often United were under the cost, particularly in European games. The great strength was their ability to hit quickly on the counter, you know, Um and and it may well be that St. Johnson have to start adapting. I mean, I know that, you know, Callum probably does want to play kind of great, lovely, you know, attractive football. Every, every manager, I think, wants to do that. They want their team to play like Barcelona. It requires that, A, you've got the personnel, and, and it requires that you actually have something to show once you've done that. So it's all very well having, you know, 57, 58, 60% possession. You've knocked it about. And, and we've got, you know, we, we, we're long past the stage of video analysis in the game now. We've got analytics of all, all sorts in football that can tell you, you know, um, how far a player has run, which which areas of the park, you know, have been the hottest in terms of either individual or teamwork, how many, you know, chances created, chances that should have been converted have come from which area and all the rest of it. So that, that's great. But at the end of the day, you know, you can sit and analyse that until the cows come home. Fact remains that in eight games they've scored four, so they're scoring once every two games. Now, Livingston have scored... Um, eight goals well, I've considered a lot more in St Johnson but they're scoring a goal per game if you look at, at the average you know so they've mastered the art at, at that level at, you know kind of lower league level they've mastered the art of managing to find a net occasionally and Saints haven't done it so Saints have to find a way now if after eight games the, the law of averages is now starting to tell it's starting to tell that you know you score once in every two games so it's starting to tell you that, that, that either the system you're playing at the moment or the guys that you're playing have not yet found their feet or or or, or seem unlikely to find their their feet. You know, I mean, if if you continue with this and you go 16 games, you've scored eight goals, well, that wouldn't be acceptable. So you have to find a different method, I think, of of scoring goals. And it may well be either that you go for, you know, a a more physical type centre forward, or you you simply get more ball in the box, firing them in the box from from either flank or whatever, or you hammer them in the box, hoping for rebounds or whatever. But first and foremost, you've got to get the ball in the box. You've got to test the keeper. And and that hasn't been done sufficiently. So it may well be it's a combination of that and a combination of being prepared to play a different type of game, more of a sit-tight game, more of a kind of, you know, I hate the phrase park the bus, but park the bus and then try to um, hit on the counter or use whatever pace you've got up front. Now, you know, me and Henry are, 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 are pretty quick. Um, Chris Keane. And, and a Halloran, uh, uh, you know, uh, Halloran's rapid. That's right. So it may well be that you're going to have to play that type of game. Sit there, soak it up, soak it up, boom, hit on the break. You know, and you know, and you know, it might well be that Callum actually this week is experimenting with a philosophy like that because at the moment what they're doing isn't working, and that's a great pity because they're playing good football. Lots of nice possession, lots of nice passing and all the rest of it, but they cannot put the ball in the net. And the, the ultimate in football is putting the ball in the net. That, that, that's what it's all about. Well, Ian, it was great to see Dundee back in a football field. They've played a couple of, played a couple of games by the time we record this and hopefully another one. Uh, uh, I think they're due to play Cove Rangers, aren't they, this this midweek? Yep. So they're, yep. start, they're starting to get games and I think we're also starting to see that... Uh, the, the, the sort of consequences of the, the length of the layoff that Dundee have had, you know, with a few niggles, there's a few, you know, it's kind of a couple of the teams have 
you know, featured a, a few of the youngsters. It's not an, not an easy sort of few weeks getting get ahead of their new season, is it? No, but what we need to do is we need to kind of uh, have a have a mindset that this is midsummer for Dundee. You know, you need to think. Yeah. Well, this this would we we'll go back to like July, and that's when that's when the kind of equivalent time would be for their 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 preseason here. Uh, and and it's always about it's always about getting getting match time in fitness of the players rather than results. So I mean, it wasn't a great great result for for Montrose, you know, getting a draw. Um, in that game at the weekend against Dundee, they'll be well happy with that, and it maybe shows that it, it maybe shows that Dundee are, are, you know, still still a work in progress. I'm sure James James McPake would accept that. He's got to try things out, isn't he? You've got all these players. You've been through a summer where we didn't know who was going to be wearing the dark blue um, at all. So it's uh, no listen, and we'll we'll know as it goes nearer, the, hopefully, the start of the season in, in October, how things are going to plan plan out for, for Dundee. But they're, they're trying things, and I think it's too early to, to say, to really read too much into things. Well, they've been linked with uh, a famous Dundee United player, mm. a fam- and he's, he's famous for uh, what he did in a game against Dundee, Nadir <laughs> Chifji. Is that a bit of, uh, a bit of mischief-making? Well, no, I don't, it's not mischief-making. It's a, it's a proper... It's a properly sourced story, as we say, from one of our colleagues at the Courier, George yep. Cran. And mm-hmm. uh, would you be going for that if you were James McPeak? Would you be going for that if you were uh, Mickey Mellon? <laughs> well, I mean, listen, there's nothing to say, and I don't for a, for a minute doubt George's his, his story. I mean, I, there's nothing to say that it can't be an absolutely kosher story, which I think it is, which I'm sure it is, and also a nice bit of devilment as I put in my career. I think it could be a great sign. I mean, Chief Chief was very, very popular with United fans, a good good physical presence, could take a goal on his day, a really difficult player to, to play against. I think, you know... Look, you, you never know when a player's been away from the country for a while. You, you never really know what's going on. You know how how his fitness how his attitude is. But yeah, but I mean, but he might be. You know, he might be just the ideal thing. I mean, so, listen. I mean, you know, Dundee. Um, Dundee have had a, you know, at the moment it's about getting guys fit, isn't it? I mean, I think they got Jordan Forster and Charlie Adam getting their first run-outs um, uh, at the weekend, and other players like, uh, you know, Gouser uh, were, were getting 90 minutes under their belt. So, that you know, that, that was all important stuff. But but also, they, 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 they still do need to add, you know, uh, and I, th- I think the Chiefty one would be uh, would be an intriguing one. What, what I was saying at the weekend... Um, Eric was was it, Dundee need a bit of pizzazz about the club. They need a bit, you know. This is going to be a tough season, the championship. We know that it's a kind of it's a two third season, isn't it? You know, it's not the usual full truncated. It's a truncated season. But you want a bit of pizzazz. Dundee are a big club. Dundee are this, you know. Dundee, you know, United. There's no doubt now. I think United are a bigger club. I mean, I've been for a long time. But in terms of potential support, I often wonder if you could get a Dundee side going really well, three four top seasons where they end up fourth, fifth, sixth. You know, in the top, you would soon have maybe I think five and six thousand coming back to, to Denge. They, they've got a big, big core support still. So the, they're, they're arguably outside of kind of Celtic Rangers, Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts, United. They are the the, the seventh biggest club in Scottish football. Um, and they need to have a bit of pizzazz. They need a bit of colour, a bit of theatre about them. And I think, you know, Charlie Adam as a signing has done that. And that's lifted the that's lifted the bar. And something like Chief Chi coming, I think, would, be, would, would lift the bar as well. Plus, if he's got anything like what he had before, score goals. And he'll, and he'll create goals. And Openings for other people, so potentially, potentially a really good move. Yeah, and it's 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 like Jim says it. I don't, I don't, you can never you can never really take things from Twitter, can you? About an exact science. I mean, what's your gut reaction about if this came off, Ian? About what I know, United fans wouldn't be happy about it. What do you think Dundee fans would be thinking about well, it? I, I can I think I can safely say United fans would absolutely hate it because he's, he's kind of loved he's kind of loved by United fans. I mean that's the thing. If, if you're not a United supporter, the, the thing that sticks in your mind is the incident against uh, Jim McAllister. Mm-hmm. However, if you are a United supporter, the incident that sticks in your mind is him celebrating before he actually scored mm-hmm. uh, Ibrox, in the yeah. semi-final <laughs> against Rangers at Ibrox, which was a, a one of United's highlights for the, the last few years, certainly. Um, so, uh, no, Nadir is a popular, popular player when he was amongst the supporters. One who had uh, his name on numerous shirts 
uh, Barker's mm. United took, took an advert out in the Courier, remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, so <laughs> thank the United <laughs> fans. Aye. So United fans all hate. Dundee fans, I'm not so sure. I think it's mixed, isn't it? There's some saying, oh, no, he's done this, he's done that. Uh, oh, if he like scored it. a couple of goals on his debut at Tynecastle, yeah. they would love him. That would all disappear, I'll tell you. There is that, isn't there? There is that. I think, I think we all know that. Uh, that fans <laughs> could be quickly won over, and he's certainly got talent, isn't he? It's just uh, maybe his fitness. I don't know. He's 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 still been playing, so uh, should be okay. And, and you know that you know that Dundee wouldn't sign him if he was na- he was na- kind of in decent shape. So um, it would be amazing. It really would be amazing <laughs> to have him back in the city and playing on the other side of the street. Uh, there's been numerous uh, there's been numerous uh, players who have, have played for both clubs, but I think I would never have predicted one of them would have been uh, Nadir Chiefji. Ah oh, well, we'll see. It's a long there's a, a a long way to go before that's a that's a done deal. And James McPake has other options, but listen, we're still hoping that the uh, the lower league season gets off. Off uh, up and running as 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 planned, and there were no hitches and all the rest of it. Jim, are you a wee bit concerned that that? Uh, I mean, I think when when they agreed the the kickoff date for this, I think optimism was getting higher and higher. That you know the summer optimism that that, that COVID was on, going in the right direction, it was under control. We're coming for the the second wave, and there's the the chances of punters getting back into grounds has been put back are you starting to worry that that might be a misguided decision and that this is going to this is going to cost some part-time teams dear because you know getting paying customers through the through the gate is everything for them well first thing i thought about last night when you know in the last couple of days when i heard that you know that it looked like another spike was on the way another wave was on the way and all the rest of it was Football will not be, well, we know that football can't be immune and we know it hasn't been immune um, and all the rest of it from this. Now, the, the, the big danger for the for football outside of the, um, the, the the Premiership is it doesn't have the publicity, it doesn't have the money that the Premiership has. I mean, we're, we're back watching games live in the Premiership and all the rest of it, highlights and all the rest of it. And and that's what I'm saying, you know, from, from, from our perspective, we want to be talking about, we want to be talking about all the teams in the area, but, you know, the, the simple truth of the matter is that the three big professional full-time teams are the teams that, that, that most folk are interested in. And talking or even writing about Dundee has been quite difficult because so little has been happening. And it would be a, a desperate shame, a crying shame, if, if, if the you know the championship were to be affected by this again. And the, the truth of the matter is we just don't know. You know, I mean, there's the issue of testing. Um, there's the issue of money for testing. Uh, there's a whole combination of things here, and 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 not getting not getting fans back in at championship level uh, with everything that goes with it, sponsorship, the guys you know who come in and take the hospitality, the knock-on effect for advertising. The, the whole thing could be absolutely dramatic and dangerous for for the game below. Premiership levels, dangerous enough as it is for for Premiership levels. Yeah. I mean, we're not not only we're not out of the woods by a long chalk with the, the virus, uh, you know, COVID nineteen. We're not out of the woods by a long chalk with the, with the effects and and potential after effects of the game at any level, let alone you know Championship and below. So it is very worrying. You spoke of your fears for this one, Ian. Yeah, a few weeks ago, didn't you? You could kind of. You could kind of see this one coming, couldn't you? You know, well, just, well, how how are how are these these wee teams? And I, I'm thinking of the, you know, the Arbroaths and the the Forfers. Who I mean, I'm, I think no, I, hibernation, I think... hibernation was high in the agenda for them because of because of this issue. And it's it's, it's well, it's well, I, I, our, I it's... think I think no fans plus no furlough scheme equals mm-hmm. no football below the uh, yeah. uh, in the lower divisions. Uh, yeah. uh, to me, it just doesn't add up. How can a club without income streams through the gate and hospitality, which are absolutely crucial to a, a side like say Forfar breaking, um, how how can how can that function? I, I I don't know. What you have is you've got the TV money in the in the Premiership, but if there's not going to be any any people coming through the gate, I don't see how how it works. And it's almost an elephant in the room, I think, at the moment. Oh, yeah, there's, there's um, fingers in the ears, isn't there? Yeah, it's not really being spoken about, but we're, we're due to have the, the season starting next month and all the direction is, is away from spectators back. In fact, it's a dramatic uh, U-turn, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, it's a dramatic uh, move away from that. So, I think I think we're in trouble unless I mean I think now you need to have to you need to look at something like government intervention or something financial help for for the lower leagues 
in Good some kind of way. Yeah. Well, I know, but how, how else does it? How else do they open the doors? How how do they open the doors for games if they can't pay their players through gate money? Uh, I, I just don't understand it. Well, uh, in England, I mean, you know, I remember was it the Swindon chairman reckoned that thirty or forty percent of the League One and League Two clubs would need help to to, to survive. And we're already seeing, you know, we're seeing clubs down there. Uh, I saw one the other day. I'm trying to remember which one it was. Well, Macclesfield, are, you know, and 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 but are, are they going into liquidation? Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, there are clubs that are going in hibernation. What what the juniors used to call in Scotland, going into a bayans. Juniors never went a business; they just went into a bench, you know. And, and that's what you're starting to see now. And, and the, the, there's a genuine fear here. That, that if, you know, it's one thing there are certain clubs where basically you've maybe got a full-time groundsman or something like that, um, <clears throat> but there are other clubs that will be a, a bit more difficult. There's maybe a bit more of an infrastructure. I've always thought it would be a less of a less of a problem for. Maybe maybe the Brickens of this world, who are community clubs, and uh, uh, essence who have got you know a, a, a community board and people who effectively have full time jobs elsewhere that do it for the love of club that basically other than kind of maintaining the ground and all the rest of it, you know, it, it, it's maybe not as onerous as it would be at clubs that are trying to run some semblance of, of full time football, but at a lower level. I think that's the that's the danger. Just, the, the truth is, none of us know how this is going to play out. But the bottom line is, Ian is right. If, if there's no money coming through the gates, if there's no money coming in, in in hospitality, if there's reduced income coming in in sponsorship, somewhere along the line, you know, um, then that has got to have a serious effect financially on, on clubs and their potential survival. Yeah, it's a big issue and it's one I think our football bosses have just been crossing their fingers on, but we shall see. Let's Let's hope that their hope has, you know, got a bit of foundation to it and we don't get into real serious, serious uh, situation for a lot of our clubs, uh, a, lot of lo- a lot of our local clubs. And yeah, we are. We are just, we're just hoping for the best, unfortunately. Certainly are. Okay, guys, we'll be back next week. Thanks again and thank you for listening. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.